Hello and welcome to Squadcast Heroes with me, one of your heroes, Raymond Hogg, and I'm joined by the lovely, sexy Clive Cookson. Well, how's it going? It's SideQuest Heroes, but yeah, Squadcast Heroes works too. Squadcast Heroes. Well done. <laughs> Let's do that again. Roll the tape. <laughs> oh my god, I was just thinking of Squadcast. Right. Hello and welcome to SideQuest Heroes with me, Raymond Hogg, and the ever-lovely Clive Cookson, who can correct me anytime he likes. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, we had a little bit of a sniffy up there at the start, but sure, look, we're back into it already. Here we are with this episode of SideQuest Heroes. We're going to be talking about our main talking point here. We're going to touch on our our hidden gems, our favorite little kind of games over the ages of consoles that we've owned or played with that we think deserve that little bit of extra love the ones that have been passed over uh we're also going to touch on the xbox leak that has dropped over the last few hours about the new xbox series s not to be series x yeah siblings is going to be very important with this one but sure first of all clive how are you in i'm doing very well thank you very much i've uh, been playing a bit of ghost of tsushima oh did you get is, it uh, I have indeed. Yeah, I think we talked about it on the other episode where it was gifted to me. So oh, shit, I've just yeah. been playing a bit of that now. Honestly, I'm only in about maybe an hour or so. Okay. But so. What I've seen so far, my God, what a beautiful looking game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something else. Um, and it just gets better and better. Like Obviously, we can't spoil anything here, but it's the intro is pretty amazing. It definitely is possibly one of my games of the year. I got a few days off, so I'm going to enjoy that probably during the week. I've been still playing a bit of Fall Guys. I can't remember if I was talking to you. No, actually, I nearly got a crown. Yeah, I think I sent it to you and uh, some of the lads in the gamer chat. There's been uh, a few group. occasions. <laughs> I'm going crazy. If I if I don't win a crown soon, I'm probably going to stop playing. <laughs> I'm still chasing that crown on the PS4. I can't seem yeah. to get one. I really, really want it. I've also can't remember if I've told you this since the last episode, because I know Johnny was covering for me last time. Thank you, Johnny. But I've started uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third of the new Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider reboots. Yes, I, I saw that in the group chat and you had the skins, the weird skins, because you <laughs> played the other games. Yeah. So apparently, for those who are listening, this is the third of the current reboot Tomb Raider games. And uh, if you've played Tomb Raider, whatever, the, the first one that came out in, what, 2015, I think. And you've also played the other one. Rise the other of the one. Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider gifts you some free skins. One of those are horrific PlayStation 1 polygon version of Lara Croft. Which, when I say horrific, it's absolutely terrifying. It's imagine terrifying. Giant polygonal lady running through like a really high definition woods. It's scary. Um, it didn't yeah. look that much like the old game, though. It just looked weirder to me. Yeah, you see, the weird thing is, is that the body wasn't the same proportions as the PS1. It was the new body proportions, but with a pixelated art on it. So, like, her head is more stretched and her body is more symmetrical and she doesn't obviously have the uh, triangular... That's so weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good game. It's it's de- definitely got more tombs than the previous games. There's definitely more rating of tombs. And uh, the other games were a bit more Uncharted-esque. Uh, this has gone back a little bit more to the kind of puzzles. It's a good game. I recommend it. But unfortunately, Clive, I'm afraid to say I caved. Oh, I know. Tell I had. I, I, I wasn't going to buy Marvel's Avengers, but I caved. I, I got FOMO. I caved, and you know what? I don't regret it. 
It's good. In, in fairness, with the amount of times you were querying about it with me, have you got that? Have you caved? Have you done this? You see, I was like, I bet you he's going to get that game. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, t- I got the same thing as you. So, right, I played the beta, wasn't won over by the beta. If anything, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, I'm really annoyed that I didn't enjoy the beta because it's one of the games I was kind of looking forward to for quite a while. And then I started seeing a couple of kind of reputable game publishers look if people want to say who shoes shoes i don't really buy into that but um you know a few people who i kind of respect were saying you know the multiplayer is eh, but there's a solid single player campaign in there i was like hmm that's interesting and some people were kind of saying oh you know if you ignore the multiplayer or wait for the multiplayer to get a bit better the single player is still there and it's really good and i have to agree i'm about jesus am i two two and a half hours into the single player and it it's much better than I thought. Okay, fair um, I would actually recommend getting it. It's it's. I haven't played the the online missions yet, where you have like you play the Avengers Initiative. I think it's called. They actually recommend that you don't play it until you finish the campaign because um, it uh, ruins some story beats. I'm but, seeing um, a lot of people playing it, especially what Greg Miller and the kind of funny crew. Mm, like, are yeah, constantly playing it. He's he's obsessed with the game, but I don't know. I might just wait. Maybe a slight price drop. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Tsushima will obviously keep me busy for a while, mm. anyway. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be on your case about getting it now, though, because when I do eventually go on to the online play, I want someone to play with. <laughs> Fair <laughs> so, enough. Okay. I know okay. you're the only one who I'll get to cave. I don't think Brian <laughs> or, or Johnny are going to cave to my peer pressure. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> you, you're more likely to jump in. Anything else? Are you any other games you've kind of been tipping on? Some Steam. No, really, I've been games? playing with. Uh, some game pass games so the likes of grounded which is kind of fun it's like a base building uh, just think of fallout um 76 was it uh mixed in with uh, honey i shrunk the kids so it's yeah. a good bit of fun and battle toads really which good. is it does it is a good game i have to say it probably get really uh, a lot better with more updates and that mm. i've been playing old school battle toads as well like old school like snes battle toads yeah, so you know the rare replay. That's all oh, right. The Xbox one. So I just wanted to play that before I dove into the the, the new Battletoads game because ah. that just got recently released on Game Pass as well. Yeah, I've been hearing the the new one's actually quite good, but quite short. Obviously, it, it it's a bit more forgiving than the sections on the old game. What was it? The bike sections that were just like, nah, you're oh. not going to pass this level. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They were horrible. <laughs> uh, I've never played Battletoads. I must actually maybe give it give it a bit of a shot. Would you call it a hidden gem? Well, it's probably pretty well known. Or well known, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I call it a hidden gem, but yeah. maybe one of the underrated games. I, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, segue into our topic of the show. Really? <laughs> what are hidden gems? If that is not a hidden gem, <laughs> <laughs> right? This is uh, the topic of the show. So we're going to be chatting about games they may not necessarily be unheard of games but they're definitely games that don't get the love that they need to get i don't know clive do you want to kick it off you uh, we're going to kind of i guess jump from generation to generation we're not going to uh, focus on any one particular console or era just randomly games let's go yeah sure thing uh first one on my list is a nintendo switch game it is called the tourist now you spell that as t-o-u-r-y-s-t it's an action-adventure puzzle game. It's mm-hmm. uh, developed by Shin N Multimedia. It was actually announced on Nintendo's Indie World stream last year. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, geez, that looks like a very interesting game. And when I started playing it, it 
definitely looks like one of the best looking games on the Switch. Like, okay. I just don't get how beautiful they made the world look. It's like a blocky, Minecrafty look to it. And it's very colorful. Like a little blocky man with sunglasses yeah. on a Hawaiian shirt. I mean, he, he, the main character looks like a Minecraft Tom Selleck uh, to <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, actually. Honestly, it's a very relaxing game, funnily enough. Now, it's only about eight to ten hours long. Hmm. But island hopping, you go to different monuments, you solve puzzles. Uh, you can go diving as well. It's got some nice replayability, despite the fact it's only eight to ten hours long. There's actually this kind of cool area in one of the levels where you can go to a retro arcade and you can play kind of old school type of video games. Like there's one called Fast, which is an F-Zero-esque video game. It was like a, fl- a shoot 'em up kind of flight thing. No, it's just like a you're you know F-Zero racing kind of. Oh, true. Like actually behind the jet. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, it, it's it looks a lot like the Game Boy Advance version of F Zero. So mm. <laughs> it's actually a really fun game. And then Nano Break, which is just a blatant ripoff of Alleyway. It's very reminiscent of Alleyway, if you remember that game. Alleyway. What was Alleyway on? It loads of consoles, including it was probably more famous on the Game Boy. Anyway. Oh, um, Breakout. That's that's I know it as uh, Breakout. It's it's. There's loads of versions of this game. It's it's like one of the first games you learn how to program in games college. It's, it's like you. So for those not who who aren't obviously you know able to see this, it's basically uh, you have a little kind of paddle on the bottom of the screen that you move left to right, and there's a bouncing ball that goes up, and sometimes it can go in behind the squares, and yet the key is to kind of break all the squares. I didn't realize that was called Alleyway. I was thought that was just called Breakout or something. Yeah, I still think I have the old Game Boy cartridge, and it was called Alleyway anyway. So. Deadly. But uh, yeah, that's my first one anyway. What would be yours? Cool. Um, I'm going a little bit more retro. I'm going to work from the back and work forward. Mine is an old Mega Drive game. And it's um, it's one that I think I've ranted on a couple of times. And when I say it to people, they have no idea what I'm talking about. And they think I'm making it up. And then when I show them it, they kind of go, oh, yeah, that, that, that game. And that, this is Haunting, starring Poltergeist. It was a electronic arts game that was brought out on the Mega Drive and the Genesis in North America. And the premise is you're a ghost. I don't really know why you're a ghost. You're just a ghost who was killed in an accident. Um, I, I, something to do with like broken skateboards or a malfunctioning skateboard. And um, and you have to haunt this family from house to house as they go around buying like this property. <laughs> and so they move into a house and it's done in a kind of like an isometric kind of map. So it's um, block, blocks and squares and stuff like that. But you can possess items in this house. And the key is basically you have to scare each member of the family enough to scare them out of the house. So it's the first time I actually saw kind of horror aspects in, in a bit of a game, but it was kind of comedic. So, for example, like there might be a scene where the father goes into the garage and you can pop into like a, a filing cabinet and the filing cabinet will start shaking and he go and then you'll see his fear meter go up and then he can jump into the lawnmower and the lawnmower will just drive forward by itself and then you're like <laughs> and the fear meter goes up again and then like you, you obviously have to do a combination of all these things to scare him out of the house and one of my favorite ones was that you can actually get into a chainsaw and you can float the chainsaw around the room after him <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but um i remember renting that game like several times from a local extra vision and I just love it. And I've been searching high and low for um, a reasonably priced secondhand copy of it. Um, 
So if anyone is willing to part with a copy of this for a reasonable price, do get in contact via Instagram um, <laughs> at the SideQuest Heroes. But yeah, no, that, it was such a great game. It, it was the idea that you could take control of other sprites in a, in a video game. It, this was the first time I'd ever seen that. It's like normally you were used to being your Sonic the Hedgehog or your Mario where you were only in control of this character. But the fact that you could jump into like a chainsaw or you could jump into like a, a mummy and you could walk around the map then as a mummy. And then obviously there was those sections were interspliced with sections of health building where you had to go into purgatory and you run around purgatory trying to avoid demons and all these hands coming out of the wall trying to grab you. And you had to collect all the ectoplasm to build up enough energy to go back to the real world. It's a fantastic little game. Hmm, Very overlooked. I've never played it, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly good. I guess like um, we'll put some links to some of these games in the um, uh, show notes of the podcast um, going forward. But yeah, definitely check it out. So um, ping pong back to you, Clive. <laughs> uh, one for the Nintendo 64. Now, I'm a huge wrestling game fan, but unfortunately the wrestling games in the last few years have not been great at all. Do you think but, it's because they're too much of simulators rather than kind of fun? Exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. probably. It just, I don't know, the grappling system and everything else is just not the same as it used to be. But uh, the game on my list is WCW versus NWO World Tour. Yeah, now it's a game published by THQ. THQ we know and love back in the days for their wrestling games. They have, obviously, the critically acclaimed grappling system where, you know, you can tap on a to do you know the weak grapple and then hold a to do the strong grapple that grappling system made its way into games you know the sequel wcw nwo revenge hmm. wf wrestlemania 2000 and probably the most famous of them all and the one cherished by wrestling fans which would be wwf no mercy okay uh, cool uh wcw versus nwo world tour it was the first game in their kind of wrestling series and it was kind of released during the famous monday night wars between wwe who were known as wwf back then yeah. and wcw so that's uh, for you those listening that's when they used to actually have pandas in the ring <laughs> <laughs> was robocop and sting or something like that I was just like, jesus christ what's going on here but and that was pretty cool. It has like loads of characters like Hulk Hogan. You had Sting. You had um, the late great Eddie Guerrero. You had Rey Mysterio Jr., who had a really cool kind of Spider-Man style costume on him. It was like a Spider-Man red mask hmm. and blue bottoms, which is very cool. It had four player modes, and it used the Rumble Pack. You know the old school Nintendo sixty four yeah, yeah, Rumble yeah. Pack that you plug into the back of the controller. But now it was brilliant because. I mean, that that was probably one of the first wrestling games that I would have just absolutely fell in love with, probably because I was a big, huge Rey Mysterio fan back in mm. the day as well. But the fact that it spawned its sequel and then obviously probably my favorite wrestling game of all time, WWF No Mercy on top of that is just, yeah, absolutely love that game. Do you ever play um, WrestleMania, the arcade game on PS1? Oh, of course. The one I'm that sure was made we, by Midway. <laughs> yeah, and we played that in Token before as well. We did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot they actually had that. It's kind of like, for anyone who's never played it, it's um, it's made by Midway. So the people who made Mortal Kombat, so they're photorealistic looking wrestlers, but it's in a very arcade style thing like you have dink or doink doink the clown and he can yep. like pull out a mallet and his hands grow like five times the size to smack you around 
very entertaining. Ramon, wasn't it? And Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels. Undertaker. Yeah. Like um oh Yokozuna. Oh Yokozuna. Um, Jesus, forgot about Bam him. Bam Bigelow. Oh my uh, god. All these memories come back now. <laughs> and funny enough, I was watching a video on this uh, recently on YouTube, and I didn't realize that that was that game was only made up of new roster wrestlers like that, and it was all their first time as an outing in a video game uh, in that kind of context. I think it was um, the way it almost like used two D images, like two D photos of the wrestlers, and it was just animated that way. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was. It was it was kind of done on a perspective similar to like if you think of Streets of Rage. Mm. So you have your your side on sprites. Yet if you're walking up and down, it's kind of like a side sprite. So like you're it's either kind of three quarter turn to the front or three quarter turn to the back. And honestly, it was really good. It still it plays was. really well to this day. It does indeed. And big shout out to Token as well. If you're ever around the Smithfield Dublin area, you should definitely pop into Token for some nice food and some cool arcade video games as well you trying to get some free drinks and food out of this clive are you <laughs> that would be lovely i know i'm not gonna get it <laughs> I, I i i am not i'm not against taking a bribe from token their food uh, is amazing so please give amazing. us a free free uh free meal if we go in there next time well, i mean the amount of fun times that we've had in there just the amount of money I mean, you've sank into the simpsons arcade game in there <laughs> yeah and then oh your one stole my high score damn it yeah. let's let's not berate them they're just better better players than you but anyway <laughs> uh what's your next one ray okay working up generation wise i'm moving on to the ps1 i have a sequel to one of my most beloved games of all time the original game being xcom enemy unknown this nice. is a game called xcom terror from the deep uh which not many people realize that xcom actually has a sequel on the ps1 so if, I'm sure everyone is kind of familiar with XCOM on current gen and that kind of stuff. It's the same thing again. It's a turn-based shooter, kind of you have tiles, you have to move. It's all, you know, time units and, and time movement, whatever points. Um, so the first game is very much like the Enemy Unknown remake that we got. So it's all on land. It's all cornfields, uh, urban areas, all that kind of stuff. Turf from the Deep, the premise is basically there was a ship that crashed into Earth 65 million years ago and that ship was the impact that killed the dinosaurs and these creatures are now coming out from underneath the ship like they've been building up their resources for years and years and they're coming up from underneath the ocean so it's not really well i suppose they've been on the planet longer than us so it's their planet so we're the aliens um so maybe should have been called her from above um (laughs) so anyways all these like new attacks start happening so the creatures have flipped so they're no longer like um sectoids and stuff like that there's aquatic versions of all these creatures like there's swamp like gill men that kind of look like the thing from the swamp and all that kind of stuff um it's a true faithful sequel to uh, enemy unknown but the little caveat is you get all these like super powerful weapons in enemy unknown to take down the aliens but the story is you can't use them underwater because salt water uh cancels out the um ability for the weapons to work so you have to start from scratch again (laughs) you have to develop all new technology all new resources all new kind of um equipment because you have to use breathing apparatus to get underground look it's a bit it's a it it is again a little copy and paste of what enemy unknown was but you know the maps are bigger the teams are bigger the, the the alien roster is bigger it's it's just a not a better game 
but a very overlooked game because because like you know you go into like oil rigs and you have to get your way down through oil rigs to defeat the aliens or if you go to their bases you have to like defeat these like weird seahorse men and different things like that and um i really hope this is the direction that the current XCOM series will go like once you eradicate the aliens from above there should be this hint that something comes from underneath i think i heard a rumor and potentially a spoiler if you want to turn off for 10 15 seconds i think apparently i heard that the end of xcom 2 there is a hint that there is something coming from the underneath the ocean so maybe xcom 3 will be a remake or reimagining of terror from the deep um so yeah, um, try to pick it up if you can. It's a lot easier to find than uh, Enemy Unknown on PS1. But if you can't find it, then I don't know. I'm sure there's illegal ways that you could find it, which I don't condone. We don't condone illegal. We yeah. do not condone that. <laughs> be, be a decent person and go buy a secondhand copy of it. Give some poor person some money. <laughs> yeah, so um, back to you, Clive. Cool. Uh, my next one would be on the Super Nintendo. Now, it's it's probably it's a well-known game, but like back in the day, I don't remember it being that well-known and mm. probably a bit underrated or underappreciated. But uh, the one I'm going to talk about is Wild Guns. Okay. Now, it's like, what could be better than Cowboys in the Wild West? Cowboys, cowboys and aliens with robots <laughs> okay that's just as good <laughs> and like a sci-fi theme to it but um funnily enough i only checked it out because i was going through this whole retro phase okay and i was only checking it out because at first i actually thought it was sunset riders <laughs> that i was checking <laughs> up that's a very different game Clyde. i know <laughs> it's a brilliant game by the way but yeah uh, i picked it up because when I started playing it, I was like, oh, God, I do remember this game because I did used to have it on the SNES. But it's like an action, almost shooting gallery style game. So you're kind of okay. walking around, you're jumping, dodging bullets and that. But you got this kind of shooting gallery target on screen that you're moving around as well to kind of shoot your enemies. Uh, is it kind of like... a is i assume oh geez i don't know anything about this but is it like contra where there is a cursor that you move around your character 360 degrees to shoot yeah it's almost like that but yeah you can move the kind of thing around the screen and obviously aim for your targets it's got like kind of cool clever game design it's got you know epic boss battles Mm. it's got cowboys and robots so what, what can you go wrong with that they use like a vulcan gun so it's a cool gun but once the gauge is full then you have this kind of short burst of like temporary invincibility and you can do extra damage with the gun as well, which is pretty cool. Now it's got this kind of lookout kind of thing. So just say for instance, an enemy shoots at you, a little pop-up above you that says look out. And then there it's kind of like you can decide, okay, do I have enough time to jump out of the way or can I shoot at the bullet to kind of stop it so oh so it's like a parry system almost actually kind of cool yeah yeah that's really interesting it's very cool to see um so i guess the main problem is determining if you have enough time to do whatever move you want to do if someone yeah, yeah. At you. um it was also actually released on the wii virtual console and okay. i didn't actually know this but it was remastered and released on the likes to say the ps4 and the switch it was called wild guns reloaded and it was developed by Natsume, I think it was. But yeah, a very fun game. Originally, I thought it was Sunset Riders I was picking up, but 
kind of brought back memories once I did play it anyway. That must have been really disappointing. Like if you loaded up Sunset Riders and you were just like, I thought there was robots in this. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no slight to Sunset Riders because it's a fucking fantastic game. I love Sunset Riders. Man, I really need to go back and play that. Token, get Sunset Riders, please. Yeah, which is like, um, I have to say that the... Uh, actually, don't they have Sunset Riders? I don't remember. If they did, I swear I would have been playing it nonstop. I think they have Sunset Riders. The uh, arcade version of Sunset Riders can be played four-player. Uh, the console versions can only be played two-player, which okay. is quite interesting. Um, anything else on Wild Guns? I must actually uh, check this game out. No, uh, it's it's one I definitely want to go back to again. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the cartridge anymore, but I'm sure I could probably pick it up pretty cheap on eBay or something like that. Oh, yeah. Unless uh, some evil scalper wants to take you to town on it. <laughs> Probably they're always there. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, okay. Then my one, um, I'm going to be moving up a, another generation. Not to the PS2 or anything. I'm going to be skipping a generation. I'm going to go straight to th- Xbox 360. Um, this is a game I saw recommended by a few different people. And I wasn't really in the humor of picking up like new games. I was kind of more in the humor of, like yourself, kind of go back and play a couple of games that I've missed out on because i had a period of my life where i just didn't own a console for n- close to nearly 10 years wow. i just didn't play games i just was into other things um so i missed out on a lot of releases and one that i saw uh being suggested and i found it for really cheap and it still is pretty cheap i think you can still pick this up for about two euro three euro and most secondhand stores if you find it and it's called enslaved odyssey um, to the west yes what a game this game is amazing like i i played this game on my bog standard base xbox 360 like the big fat white xbox 360 and it still looks like a game that could be on current gen like it looks beautiful um concept is it's basically it's an action adventure platform game uh, it was developed by Ninja Theory, so the, the team that went on to develop uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, and Hellblade Two. Um, so, like, they they really know what they're doing around that engine. It's just it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so, you it's basically a reimagining of the tale of Monkey Journey to the West. So, you play this character Monkey, um, who's got like instead of a flying cloud called Nimbus, you actually have like a floating disc called the Nimbus. Uh, it stays kind of faithful to the story. Like there's a character which you call Trip, um, and she's kind of like the techno savvy person. But it's set in this weird kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic future. But do you, do you know the way how everyone was used to the Last of Us era and Gears of War? Like everything is brown and gray and looks like you know uh, gray water toilet soup or something like that. This game is bright green, bright colors, bright reds, yellows, everything. It just looks vibrant. Yet it's set in a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Um, Andy Circus was heavily dev- uh, involved in the production of it. Um, I think originally it was pitched to uh, Hollywood to be a CGI film rather than a game. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Name. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's actually I guess what makes it so cinematic when you play it. Like some of the set pieces would give Uncharted a run for its money. Like absolutely amazing set pieces. Um, amazing like it's it's a short enough game i think you can finish it between 10 and 15 hours so it's not exactly a huge time investment um it's very very professionally voice acted by andy circus 
Uh, I can't remember the name of the lady who plays Trip in it. God, it's probably someone who's really, really famous, like Laura Bailey or something like that. Um, I'll have a, I'll have a look at that and then come back to it. But yeah, no, Andy Serkis plays Monkey, and obviously anyone who's ever seen Lord of the Rings or anything that Andy Serkis has mocapped, and actually that's it. It's one of the first kind of really mocapped games as well for the Xbox 360, as far as I remember. Um, and it really just shows. It just looks amazing. Like absolutely, absolutely amazing. What um, was the name of the character you were looking to uh, trip? I, I I think it's Lindsay Shaw. Lindsay is, Shaw is the, yep. the name of the girl who was cast as her. Um, that is correct. But yeah, absolutely overlooked and criminally overlooked game on the Xbox 360. And look, you can still pick it up for dirt cheap. So do go out and get it. It's 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 fantastic. Also on PS3, from what I remember. Um, it was on PS3, Xbox 360, and you can get it on Windows as well, so PC. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's backwards compatible game as well. That would be interesting. It, do you think it's on Game Pass? If it's on Game Pass, then if you're listening to this and you have Game Pass, get this game. It's it's so good. It's really, really good. Like it, it, it's in no way Xbox uh, backwards compatible game. So if you have definitely. an Xbox, definitely pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Back you to yourself. Yes, so GameCube, one of my favorite consoles. Come on, GameSphere! <laughs> my game here would be Star Fox Adventures. It's an action-adventure video game developed by Rare. Funnily enough, I think it was the final game that Rare had developed before for Nintendo platform before they were acquired by Microsoft. So I think that was the final one they made for a Nintendo console before obviously Microsoft bought them out. It's kind of cool. It takes place on like a... Are you familiar with the, the Star Fox games and Lilac Wars and that kind of thing? Um, I've never played... Well, I tell a lie. I played a bit of Star Fox when it was released on Switch, but I know it's kind of like a behind ship flyer shooter kind of thing exactly, um, yeah. i've never really been into flying shooting games but i'm, I'm aware of it yeah uh, they kind of changed up the formula with this one because it's more of a kind of third person kind of perspective uh game um it takes place on a dinosaur planet which you might appreciate and it yeah, takes place on this kind of ancient planet on the edge of the the lilat system which would be the main uh, space system there or solar system yeah. Um, Fox McLeod would be the main character in this. He actually runs around and he's equipped with a staff, which is pretty cool because it's not just used for combat, but it's also used yeah. for exploration. So you can open crates, you can, you know, lift rocks and collect kind yeah. of gems. Um, Looking at got- a screenshot here, it actually, it, it gives me vibes of our Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, it actually kind of does, doesn't it? It's got narrowing mode, so that would be the kind of mode which would be more traditional Star Fox kind of gameplay where you're in the ship and you're going around shooting things. But those kind of shooting mm. segments, even though they're kind of fast and intense, which is really cool, they didn't have enough of them, which was a bit of a shame. Yeah. But the combat on the ground was still good, very good. Uh, the audio and the music worked really well with the game too. But my God, some of the dialogue was just cheesy as hell. I probably should have expected that from a Star Fox game, but despite the fact that the voice acting was really good, it was just the dialogue that was just so bloody cheesy. I do know a few kind of cringe moments happened with um, his sidekick. Now, later on in the game, you can get a sidekick who kind of follows you around and goes on your adventure. It's called Tricky, and it's like a little kind of triceratops. That's your partner and kind of goes around with you. Yeah. But um, it was kind of cool. It was like 
probably won the games because the GameCube didn't sell a huge amount and it was a total kind of change to what the traditional Star Fox games were, mm. you know, space kind of shooting games. It was kind of a change of formula. I actually thought it worked out really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, fair play to them for kind of change. I suppose if, if Star Fox is always known as just being that kind of uh, shooter space kind of game and they were kind of trying to branch out from it, I mean, it made sense to kind of have some planet roaming like maybe maybe they should have just kind of done a bit of 50 50 or you know only keep the planet roaming when you absolutely need to i'd, I'd, I'd actually think um a current gen kind of rematching it that would be very interesting i mean like look at the success of ratchet and clank and how beautiful that looks yeah definitely. like if you could imagine the star fox adventures reimagined or something for the switch um could be kind of interesting i mean there's a lot of properties there that nintendo have that they just literally do nothing with <laughs> ridiculous uh sure remember and that yet mario can get like every variety of game yeah i'm not surprised there isn't like a mario welding game <laughs> <laughs> but i mean give us metroid give us the new metroid i know i know there was kind of issues with la- the development of metroid mm. 4 but give us some more of that give us some more of the the bloody franchises that you're not even touching nintendo we want to see yeah it. yeah such a shame like um Weird. Anyway, do you have any more there, Ray? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump on to the PS4. Um, this is a game I picked up because it was a free game of the month several years ago. I think about, geez, it must be nearly two years ago now. Um, didn't sell very well when it came out. I think it might have clashed with a couple of really big name, uh, what do you call it, uh, titles when, when they first came out. And it is Mad Max, the 2015 video game. Ah, yes. Um, I imagine this was probably, I, I remember seeing a YouTube video about this. I think there was some sort of weird development hell on this game where I think it was supposed to be a tie-in to uh, Fury Road, but there were some big issues with it that either the director of Fury Road didn't want the game to happen at the same time, or there was some sort of issue with the studios. But anyways, the game kind of became its own unique thing. I mean, it implies that it is kind of a sequel to the, mel gibson mad max universe but at the same time it's just i like to think of it as its own thing um i didn't think much of it when i downloaded it. i think i literally just downloaded it because i had nothing else to play and i was just like oh i've heard one or two good things about this but i don't really want to play it and sadly uh mistaken it's a really good game um developed by avalanche studios um warner brothers interactive avalanche i think they're the ones who are currently developing what the hell are they currently developing um god i'll come back to that in a minute um but it starts off your your max uh what the fuck is his name max roxa max roxa feather or something <laughs> he's got some mad mad surname mad max max, surname. Uh, max rocketansky yeah that's it i knew it was mad roxy something <laughs> um so basically you start out the game his his uh black car gets taken off him some guy steals it and the whole kind of uh, concept of the games you want to get this car back so you can disappear off into the plains of silence which is basically like the open open road um it incorporates a lot of different concepts from the movies from comics from concept art that was developed uh the vehicle combat in it is absolutely fantastic um for example you can come across these convoys of um <laughs> the main bad guy in the game who's called scrotus um, all the bad guys have like this really weird kind of like uh, dirty sounding names. Like um, I think one's called Mud Flaps or something like that. Um, but you come across like these cars and you you get chased down by these uh, kind of like other 
cars like rebels like buzzards and and kind of red eyes i think they're called and they try to shoot your car ram you but you got like harpoons that you can drive behind cars you can shoot the harpoon on the wheels pull them out you can shoot out tires uh, eventually you build up your car so much that you can actually shoot flames from the side um lads can jump onto your car and start punching you through the window um really good um a lot of playability it's it's a really good game for you know when you, you kind of have a open world but you're kind of like i like to tick off mini missions and collect the mm. thons yeah so like there's loads of like scrap heaps that you have to visit there's loads of races so there's all these different territories and each territory has its own death race they can take part in every territory has its own convoys that you have to take down every territory have its has its own camps uh, every territory has minefields that you have to defuse and you you eventually pick up a dog who can sniff out mines and it does this really cool thing where you can't see where the mines are but the dog is sitting in the back of the car sniffing and you kind of have to drive in the way the dog's head is pointing just a very very good game very very overlooked neat game that you can probably pick up for peanuts right now um highly recommend it get it unless you got it in the ps plus subscription and it's just sitting in your backlog yeah if it's sitting Uh, in your backlog just download it if you're waiting for something big triple a game to come out and it's not out for a couple of weeks you'll this is a fairly quick main story campaign to go through i think main story if you just blast through you probably do it in 14 hours took me about 40 because i did all the kind of side missions and stuff <laughs> of course uh, still haven't fucking platinum the bloody thing um but i'll probably end up going back and uh mess with it uh so yeah no nope. mad racks ps4 check it out yeah looking it up it looks like george miller was consulted during the pre-production of the game mm. and it looks like it was actually originally intended to be a tie-in with an animated film as opposed to Oh really? Film itself, yeah, which yeah. Is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many weird concepts in it that are really fleshed out. Like there's there's elements of the the second Mad Max movie with Mel Gibson um, in it, where there's like statues lined up on an airplane. Like that scene is actually in the game. You can find a random airplane in the desert. Um, oddly enough, right? This is a weird thing that that I realized in, while I was playing it. Do you know how Fallout tries to be post-apocalyptic yet doesn't really feel totally post-apocalyptic? This game actually feels properly post-apocalyptic. Like, there's very little cars on the road. There's very little people you can come across. Everything is really drab and blown up. Um, Granted, Fallout's world is a bit more cluttered, but this actually feels way more like everything has gone to shit. Mm. although they're burning through gasoline like it's out of going out of fashion like that's one complaint i've always had about <laughs> mad max and their world of gasolines or water is supposed to be rare but then gasoline which you would actually have to mine it's just like yeah just use as much as you want <laughs> fair enough more um, explosions that way right you know <laughs> yeah you know guitars that go on fire why who, who doesn't love that <laughs> uh, what about yourself any uh what are hidden gems um i'll just uh probably the final ones for me i'm not going to really talk about them too much because we've yeah that was my them. final one so you take the floor no worries uh we've discussed them on previous podcasts uh, anyway so it'd be quantum break developed mm-hmm. by remedy games and sunset overdrive um developed by insomnia games mm-hmm. uh two very good ge- uh, games quantum break would be you know kind of third person kind of action game with time manipulation mechanics within there and mm. it's got a built-in kind of tv show which i thought was fun 
Sunset Overdrive. A lot of people thought from that game they could do a really good Spider-Man game, and hey, they were right. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, probably two games that never got enough praise and probably never got played by enough people as well, which is a bit of a shame. But again, if you have Xbox Game Pass, definitely check those two games out. That sounds excellent. Um, cool. So that's um, that's the hidden gems of SideQuest Heroes. Uh, I'm sure it's a topic we'll probably come back to over a couple of episodes in the future. Um, yeah, do let us know some of your hidden gems on our Instagram page at SideQuest Heroes. Yeah, we're always looking forward to some cool suggestions. So moving on to the second kind of topic of the show, and we probably won't um, labor on this too much because it's very, very new news and probably isn't enough info out there yet. (laughs) The Xbox Series S has been leaked and actually officially confirmed by Xbox themselves. (laughs) A few hours. (laughs) What do you think? What was your first like? I guess let's let's talk about the design first of all. Okay, uh, design (laughs) weird. At first, I thought, what the hell is this? This just looks weird. It looks like a speaker or a hot plate or something like that. But then I was like looking at it more and I was like, actually, you know what? I'm actually kind of getting used to this design now. It's a grower. <laughs> very, very contrasting to the Series X, though. Like yeah. the Series X is just like a monolith. And then this is kind of like a little sexy kind of tiny little white thing sitting in your display unit some kind of um, speaker grill on the side <laughs> yeah we're, whereas like the ps5 big version and small version are just like bigger and smaller versions of each other mm. this is like a complete it's like it's designed by someone completely different it it looks like almost an altered version of the xbox one s or the xbox mm. one x i don't mind it it's probably one of those where it's the cheaper model and it'll probably fit into a lot more people's you know entertainment units and so on yeah, yeah if yeah. it's like your entry level console into you know the whole xbox ecosystem at mm. least it's a nice cheap one that doesn't look too bad anyway yeah speaking about cheap 299 dollars yes. for the s that is a sweet point yep that is say. probably the cheapest the console has ever been. Factor in inflational. I think like was a PlayStation Two or something came out, and I think it might have been two four nine US dollars, which I think for inflation it comes up to something like three hundred and sixty something. Um, if we think about it that kind of way, no, it's but anyways, like, I mean, it's going to be the first probably generation where two different SKUs of the the same kind of series of console is going to be released potentially on launch day. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 mad. I mean, I I I kind of jokingly said, "Oh, I bet they'll go two nine nine and loads of people are like, "Nah, it's way too cheap." Like they'll never go two nine nine. Even to the point when I saw that this morning when it was announced, I was like, "No way, that is so cheap." Like <laughs> I am definitely getting that. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was kind of weird because it was <laughs> it was like promotional material was leaked online by uh, it was Brad Sams on Twitter. Now, I believe he has his own YouTube channel and everything else, but he was the one who kind of leaked it. And then <laughs> Xbox released this kind of funny meme or picture mm. where it's just like your lad looking really shifty eyed as Oh, yeah, the thing going. And then later on, obviously, Xbox officially announced it on their Twitter. Um, have you seen the advert for it? I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the kind of CGI kind of the thing coming out of the water and all that kind of stuff. It looks um, pretty cool. It was a nice catchy song. Mm. Some of the things they mentioned in the ad, 
uh, your next-gen performance. Yeah. It's almost 60% smaller than the Series X, which is... Was I right in, in picking up from the size? It's the smallest Xbox console? Yeah, they have touted, They are touting it as the smallest Xbox ever, so it's even smaller than the Xbox Series S. Uh, sorry, the Xbox One S. Wow. Yeah, you've got your custom 512 gig NVMe SSD, which is paired by the Xbox Velocity architecture, so that should you know help with the load times and everything else. You've got your seamless game switching, which they mentioned, mm. but I believe that would be more down to the quick resume kind of function they've been touting as well. It'll be an all-digital experience, so no mm. disk drive. And mm. interestingly enough, they note it as 1440p with up to 120 frames per second support. So that is pretty cool. You right there? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it froze. Everything froze on me. Oh, I thought you froze there. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to have to open this door again. <laughs> For those listening, and if Clive chooses to leave this in, I, my internet in my house is very quirky. If I close the, the office door of the room I'm in, my internet decides that the door is too strong and it can't come through. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it causes my reception to kind of drop off a bit. Uh-huh. But anyway, I was uh, final point. Anyway, it was uh, they note it as being 1440p machine with mm. up to 120 frames per second support. Wow, which is pretty cool, especially for something that's only going to be 299. Yeah, considering that the Xbox Series X is rumored to be 499.99 or 499 dollars. Yeah, that's actually a pretty big discount. Compared I wonder to- is the whole point behind it. Um, I know, like anybody who's going to save up and go for the, the x is probably going to go for the x I'd, I'd say you're probably in that camp yeah. um but like i wonder is the it's kind of that price point the 299 to even persuade just the casual gamer who goes jesus it's the new thing it's not even that expensive 299 i can afford that that's it that's a sitting in on the weekend a couple of nights you know um yeah, it's a very smart strategy because there's a couple of ways or several ways they could go about it so It'll be November 10th, I believe, is the rumored date for the, the console launches. Mm. But that's coming up close to Christmas. A lot of parents might be like, oh, I need to get my you know son or my daughter or whatever the latest console. What do I yeah, get yeah. them? Oh, that's the cheapest one. Let me just get that. <laughs> you know, it'd be it's even cheaper than the Switch now, which is funny. So mm. that's mental, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that. It would probably be a very good secondary console as well. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of the PlayStation people who will be upgrading to the PS5, they might be like, "Oh, you know what? I'd love to try out Halo. I'd like, you know, like to try out Gears of War Five or something like that." Hellboy Two. Yeah, there you go. Two hundred ninety nine ninety nine for like a secondary console is not the worst kind of price to get for an xbox and then you don't have to buy games you could just buy you know subscribe to xbox game pass and get all the xbox exclusives that you want to play on a monthly basis so that's not too bad at all Mm. Uh, and potentially those who you know just want it for you know casual gaming and maybe to stream 4k netflix because you do have some people who just want to you know just use a console as you know a streaming box or Mm. your entertainment box or like you were saying, you'd even just like uh, the PS4 is your 4K Blu-ray player or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like that's that's where I'm even kind of thinking about it now is because I'm, call me old fashioned, I'm still a bit of a disc gamer. I, I like having my physical disc. I guess I, I use it as a bit of a financial um, 
<laughs> safety net that if I ever run into hard times, I could always just sell my physical disc and, you know, I probably have several hundred euro worth of physical discs there. Or buyer's but you, remorse and if you don't like it, you can always just trade it in or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I guess whatever console I'll go with for, for disc wise, I'll still continue to buy the games digital or sorry, physical. But obviously, if I look at getting a secondary console, I'll only go digital, obviously, because that's the only option I'll have. But I think the ecosystem of the Xbox is better catered for someone to go digital gaming rather than physical gaming, whereas the PlayStation just isn't there yet. Like, they have PlayStation now, but the first-party games aren't dropping day one like they are on Xbox. Like, when you were telling me, like, Grounded is on Xbox now... um, or Xbox Game Pass, um, all the other first-party games, just they're coming out day one. And it's like, sure, oh, remember Streets of Rage Four came out on yeah. Game Pass day one as well. Like that, that, that really, really is the one thing that PlayStation is missing. Like if PlayStation had the equivalent of that, like their PS Now or PS um, mm. Ultimate or whatever they want to call it, and imagine if Miles Morales dropped day one, you didn't have to drop sixty quid in in a shop to pick up Miles Morales. It just is on PS Now. And you can just download and play it. The amount of people who would stay with PlayStation ecosystem then. So that's why I think going forward, my likely thing is I'm probably going to pick up the PlayStation 5 big booty one. <laughs> and, and then I'm probably definitely, well, I'm not probably, I'm definitely going to be picking up the Xbox Series X 299, even if it's just, like you said, a secondary console to play those exclusives that you can't play on PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, it. the only thing that, kind of annoys me would be the fact that it would be 512 gigabyte drive but again i kind of get it to keep the costs Mm. down on the ssd drive but i guess if you're doing xbox game pass you're only going to be like downloading game playing it if you don't like it you just download another one and so on yeah yeah yeah. it does make sense um i don't know whether external hard drives work with that but i'm sure we'll kind of have more information on that in the future now xbox Um, have always touted you know all your accessories and everything else are going to work so uh yes your external usb drives should work with your xbox um so the space isn't really an issue then like if you if you get a dedicated hard drive like i have with my playstation and like i just have the base playstation 4 and i have a two terabyte hard drive it's it's nigh impossible to fill this thing up especially with the amount of games i play as far as i know the hard drives external hard drives are only optimized for the xbox one games the xbox 360 games and the original xbox games okay because the newer games would probably take advantage of the ssd your external drives console exactly they need to be Mm -hmm. on the console but yeah xbox are going to be partnering with seagate so you can get your oh wow external ssd uh, sorry nvme drives so Sorry, yeah, they would be called SSD NVMe drives or whatever you want to call them. Mouthful. <laughs> anyway, you can get your external kind of drives for the Xbox Series X, and I'm guessing they'll work with the Series S as well. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine just for so. Handiness sake. And yeah, that'll be probably the good way of, you know, adding additional memory to mm. your console, having yeah. the same speed, SSD speed anyway. Yeah, I'm really eager to, um, to, to, to see what it's like when it actually drops to, um, to be honest with you like i want the series x because it's obviously the more powerful console 4k 60 frames per second yeah you know you got the, the potential you know 8k support as well that'll probably just be media or something like that or maybe some mm. lower games but looking at the kind of small sleekness of 
the Series S. I'm like, oh, I kind of want that. But then you like, like the you, white consoles as well, don't you? Yeah, I love the white consoles. <laughs> and that white controller looks sick. Yeah. But I'd. Oh, then again, if the Series X came in white, I would be like, oh, yeah, straight on that. I'm sure it will eventually. Yeah. Um, like those consoles come in every bloody shaded rainbow uh, eventually. To be honest, um, if the Series S came with a disk drive, I would have been like, Jesus Christ, that would have been the icing on the cake. If I'm being honest <laughs> with you. Um, the other last point, I guess, unless you have anything else to, to say in it, is depending when this comes out um, and versus what happens between now and then, today recording it is the 8th of september 2020 um tomorrow is the 9th of september 2020 which is the 25th anniversary of the north american release of the ps5 i've heard rumors that because xbox have made the first step that playstation may release their price point and their release date on the 25th anniversary of the north american release not not japanese not europe europe is i think later in the month 29th or something um what do you think? Do you think that'll happen? I know we're, we're literally 24 hours away from getting this answer right. <laughs> so <laughs> to maybe to, one of us should be yes, one of us should be a no and the winner has to buy pizza for the other person. <laughs> I swear I remember someone saying they were trying to pour cold water on like the rumors of the state of play yeah. and everything. But it would make sense. It would mm. be good timing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. do not. Like they could easily take the fire out from underneath Microsoft a bit, and like, could you? I honestly can't imagine the PS Five uh, dig all digital edition being much cheaper. I mean, no. Could you imagine if it was two four nine? They would be that, taking a huge loss on that if that was yeah. the case. I would say because it's as far as I know, it's supposed to have the same specs. It's just yeah. no disk drive. So mm. I don't see how they could get it down that low yeah. maybe three four nine but then again like why would anyone pay more a lot more to you know get the disc yeah. drive i don't know a hundred dollars between the difference of a digital edition of the ps5 and a non-digital edition yeah. seems a bit much unless they went the route of you know three nine nine for the ps4 or five and three four nine for the non-disc based version mm. see i would just upgrade to the disc version then if it's 50 quids only the difference exactly yeah that's why i think they'd have to at least put a hundred dollar difference in between the two yeah i mean it's it's crazy i mean uh like you were potentially at a point where i could buy both of these new consoles in the same month <laughs> which is great and then you'll still have your switch for the, for the consumer that. you know <laughs> yeah and the switch um yeah it's mental I, i'm, I'm I'd be really interested to see when they drop, whether they'll come out. I wonder um, what, what date is the the X, or Xbox is dropping on? What was it, the tenth? November tenth is the rumor. Yeah. What what day is that? Oh God! I thought I had a calendar here. November tenth is a Tuesday. Strange. Okay. What's the previous Tuesday? Is that November fourth or third? That would be the third. Third, like. Could you imagine Sony being cheeky and maybe price matching what the Xbox is, but releasing a week earlier? It would be interesting to see if they could do that. Now, I would say Microsoft would be in a better position to do manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. It would be in-house as well. But yeah, it's hard to tell. I think they probably need to do something like that. But Mm. then again, like uh, they made the first move. So let's just see what happens in the next few days with Sony anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely right. But speaking of Sony and Xbox, what do you think of the Minecraft PSVR news? I think it's going to be stomach-inducingly fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Is it going to be a free update? I'd say it'd have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be brilliant. I, I, I'd say it'd be a lot similar to a lot of the PS4 games where, you know, they might add on the VR mode afterwards and it's just yeah. a free update and so on. Mind you, the Dirt Rally has a VR update and I think you have to pay for it. Oh, um, that's a bit crappy. Yeah, I think they do. But like, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to um, if, if it's what I think it's going to look like and hopefully they, it's not too stomach churning, it, booting up my old world putting on the vr headset and actually going inside my old house <laughs> it's it's interesting because i see mine microsoft don't have their own you know vr headset or anything like that so mm. it, it's kind of funny that they go with sony who's a competitor but they are the market leader in vr headsets so mm. it makes sense from a business perspective i guess from them but yeah it's pointing for me is they haven't re- announced a, a quest version an oculus quest version Ooh. give me that please <laughs> i mean we'll have to see how it actually looks like i remember because minecraft is quite low resi yeah. like granted it's not as bad it's it's designed to look low res on purpose whereas something like i think i've told people many times the stories of my experience with playing skyrim in vr which is just oh god even thinking about it it's turning my stomach you should see but, minecraft on pc though ray tracing and everything else it looks lovely <laughs> yeah so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just wonder how movement and stuff will work in Minecraft because Minecraft is quite a jumpy game. Like you mm. jump quite a lot and you move quite fast. Like I could see that being a little bit, oh, you know, <laughs> I can yeah. just imagine my stomach being turned upside down a little tiny bit. Knowing how bad um, Wipeout VR was for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, well, that's not too bad. At least Wipeout <laughs> feels like you're, you're moving forward fast for a reason. Playing something like Skyrim where you're actually, your body's not moving, but everything else is moving. It actually feels like, oh my God, I'm going to get sick. Uh, um, so I, I wonder, will that be similar in uh, Minecraft? Although saying that, moving in VR in Resident Evil was never stomach turning. It was just scary, but very different speeds, I guess. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. When's that out? Okay, so it is coming to PlayStation VR as a free upgrade later this month. I can't see an official date on here. So I'm on the PlayStation blog as well. I cannot see the official date. Yeah, if, if it's later this month, it's probably like the last Friday or something or the Tuesday or something when things Maybe. always drop. It's kind of weird. Uh, definitely something to look forward to anyway. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of things I'm looking forward to, Super Mario 3d all-stars collection was announced for the nintendo switch which Hmm. i am personally excited about i've heard a rumor about this is this only available for like six months yeah so this is what's that all about (laughs) so the game itself anyway the whole collection thing has been rumored for months and months and months so it's probably one of the kept secrets in the world but it'll be releasing on september 18th and it will be a limited time to release both physically and digitally so okay after march 31st 2021 which coincidentally will be the end of the fiscal year for nintendo basically both physically and digitally won't be available to download after march 31st 2021 it's very strange because now you're even seeing scalpers on ebay already putting up the blood games for stupid prices on ebay like what are they playing at like it's it's pure false inflation of games it could be a couple of things it could be 
you know, them trying to you know give a reason for people to kind of lump in on the sales before March 31st. And maybe that'll be good for their financials at the end of the fiscal year. Mm. Maybe, you know, it's a limited time release. That's it. But, you know, it could be later on down the line, a nice way to entice people to Nintendo Switch online. So mm. say, for instance, if they offered, you know, N64 games and GameCube games and so on on their virtual console style thing. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. I mean, personally, I just like to buy them bloody outright, <laughs> you know, so but I, I don't get why they're doing it. But those could be the reasons. But you never know with Nintendo, though, do you? Yeah. So like, I assume if you're going via Smiths or something, you can pre-order it and you guarantee a copy or how much is it anyway? Because I've never played those games. So I wonder, is it, is it worth a purchase? I don't really want to buy into the whole kind of limited release thing and encourage it. But at the same time, it might be an excuse to pick them up because I'm not going to pick up the original N64 carts. It's $59.99. And with that, you get Super Mario 64. You get Super Mario Sunshine, which is my favorite Mario game of all time. And Super Mario Galaxy as well. So three top tier Mario games. One for obviously the N64, one for the GameCube. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy is loved by a lot of people on the Wii. So interesting. Absolutely brilliant. They've improved, you know, the motion controls, uh, upgraded HD graphics as well for yeah. resolution. It even says here three soundtracks bursting with over 170 nostalgic tunes are included. So that'll be interesting. They'll probably have like a, a jukebox section where you can actually go in and just like play all the music. That would be cool. A, a bit disappointed, though. I saw the unboxing of the game box and that. Mm on nintendo minish i believe it was called but unfortunately it was a bit lackluster i would have loved like a little art book on the inside and everything else you know yeah you'd imagine like over the years like those games came with manuals and like hand-drawn cartoons in the manuals like but just give us a tiny little art book inside you know to celebrate mario but even have you know something like you know you can view, you know, concept art or, you know, old school art on the cartridge itself. I don't know if that would be included or not, but I'll... You think, like, as a feature where you can view the manual for that booklet and it's all, like, scans or digital kind of... Not even book. ...replications. I I don't really care about the booklets. Give me concept art. Give me, uh, Mm. you know, cool uh, kind of concept art for, you know, the different Mario games, you know, similar to, you know, uh, I think it was Link's Awakening. I bought the collector's edition anyway that came with the Steam Mm. book and the art book that had all the concept art and all this kind of cool stuff in there as well. So, I mean, if you're celebrating three games, then again, $59.99 for three of the best Mario games of all time. Can't really complain, you know? Yeah, true, true. I want to complain, but... (laughs) (laughs) So don't take away my right to complain, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, so that's this episode, I guess. So we've been the SideQuest heroes. Um, You can also check us out on our ever-expanding Instagram. Uh, What is that address again, Clive? (laughs) That is at SideQuest heroes on Instagram. Where you can uh, pop us a message, give us some, like, your own hidden gem games or if you just want to drop us a like or whatnot that's very much appreciated and um hey look we'll talk to you again where we'll talk about something else see ya